Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Hormonal Mama podcast. I am your host, Kara Drescher, and on today's episode, I'm talking with author and life coach, Karen Freeland. Karen's new book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir, is out now, and she's here with me today talking all about it. From her first period to her first sexual encounter, her postpartum journey, and everything in between. You will not want to miss this one. Welcome to the show, Karen. I am so excited to have you here with me today to talk about your book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir. I am so psyched. I can't wait to talk to you. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. I'm psyched too. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah, it is because you have so much to share and I want to hear all about it because this book is like awesome. That's not even the right word. You can't even think of a better (laughs) word because it's so great. So I really want to just like jump right in here and tell me about this awesome book. Tell me what it's about. I want to hear your inspiration behind where this incredibly unique book came from. So tell me all about it. Yeah, absolutely. So I started writing this book in 2009. And I talk a lot about that in the chapter all lubed up with nowhere to go. Um, I kind of tell the story, but my husband actually told me that I should write this book. It was his idea. Because he was so perplexed by how clueless I was perpetually about my own body, specifically my vagina. So the original working title was I don't know my vagina because I don't know it and I don't know how it works nine times out of 10. (laughs) And it like does something on one day and I'm like, oh, that was good vagina. Great. And then the next day it does something else. And I'm like, wait, that was good the other day. Why is this not like, you know, in sex or something like, why am I not feeling good now? We're doing all the same things we just did last Tuesday. What is going on? What is happening? It's crazy. So I started writing the book while I was on maternity leave with my first son. And then I went back to work. And life got in the way and I, you know, here and there, I would pick up the book and write a couple chapters. And then I was kind of like, I don't know if I can really tell people this intimate stuff about my life. Maybe, maybe this was just like a pet project. Mm -hmm. And so I kept going about life. I went into a major midlife crisis in like 2019. Mm. We had some deaths in the family and someone asked me when I was complaining about work, well, Like, what is the one thing you want to do before you die? And I was like, oh my gosh, my memoir. I have to finish this memoir. Like, this is it. Like, this is the thing that I'm committing myself to. So I started writing feverishly every day after work, like after I put the kids to bed. And next thing I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, I have a book. Like, this is for real. And anyway, I hired an editor, long story short, it just launched September 14th. So it's brand new. Um, But the book is all about the journey to womanhood, right? Mm -hmm. So we cover everything. I talk about periods, puberty, first time having sex. I talk about the first time I used a vibrator. I talk about the first time um, I had a baby and what that was like. And nine, I would say 95% of this book is very, very comedic. Yeah. But I also touch on some not so comedic moments like miscarriage and mm-hmm. ectopic pregnancy. 
And I thought it was really important to balance all of those things because as a woman, like we go through all of those things. There's the good, there's the bad, the funny, the sexy, the humiliating, like it it all happens. And for some reason, the vagina is always at the center of that. (laughs) Of course. Why? So um, when I was working with my editor, one of my favorite little tweaks that we made to the book was to create a character out of my vagina. So V is my vagina and she is sassy. Oh my gosh. She's always sabotaging my life. Like, <laughs> I mean, ain't really? that the truth though? Let's be honest. It's like, oh my gosh. You can't take her anywhere. It's ridiculous. So that was really fun to write and kind of bring that character to life. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have this very love hate relationship uh, mm-hmm. through a lot of the book. And, and I'm always like, why are you doing this to me? And she's like, eh, you know, like, this is just how it goes. Like buckle up, you know, just jump on for the tight. ride. It's going to be great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. And I'm getting a ton of good feedback um, for the women who have read it so far, which just feels so great. amazing. Oh, I mean, it's such a passion project for you. And yeah, you know, I, I just, I have to say, I love that you made her her own character because the truth is, I mean, I think we can all relate to that, you know, like, yeah. yes, she is yes. a part of our body, but she also kind of has a mind of her own and kind of does her own thing where the rest, we're, we're like, wait, what? Like you just said, you know, right. one minute you're like, oh, good. Okay. This is awesome. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what is happening now? I don't yeah. know. Wait, this, everything was so great. And now it's a disaster again. What, what's your problem V? I right. think that is so cool and creative. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I gravitated so much to this project because for so long in corporate, I didn't have the ability to be really creative. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that all changed when I started writing this book. I had so many creative licenses Um, and it's a memoir. So, I mean, I really stuck to, you know, the truth and the authenticity of the moments, but there was so much that I could still do to be creative, Mm -hmm. um, that I just got excited about life again, you know, it was just fun. And that, you know, that's such an important thing anyway. I think that, you know, it's almost like finding yourself again, you know what I mean? Cause you know, it's so easy to kind of like get lost in life, whether it's lost becoming a mom or getting lost in your job and losing Mm -hmm. this ability to be yourself, you know, like you mentioned this creativity that like you couldn't really feel or experience in your corporate life. And then all of a sudden you get this opportunity to feel life again. And it's exciting. And especially with a project like this, where it's, you know, such an intimate part of your life and you get to have fun with it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it's to me, that's just something really special that it's not just taking this intimacy and, you know, running with it in one way, you get the creativity, you get to have fun and you, you get to discover yourself, you know yeah. what I mean? And I just, I'm in awe of that. I think that is so incredibly exciting and Oh, I'm excited for you. Here I am like, oh, this is the most exciting thing I've heard in a long time coming from a person who thinks, you know, creativity is like the essence of life. (laughs) I just think that's, that's so great. And, you know, something, something you said, you know, it's just sticking with me about that, that corporate life. You know, I've been there. I've been Mm -hmm. in that corporate life where you just sort of stuck in the grind. And if you don't have that outlet, it kind of sucks the life out of you in a way. 
there's you know for lack of better words <laughs> I think that's like the perfect words because that's exactly what happened to me you know for 15 years I chased the paychecks and the titles and just tried to climb the ladder and I forgot about you know being a wife and being a mom and being Karen like mm-hmm. who, who was I was it was just like oh I'm a b2b marketer and this is what I did you know like totally lost my identity and my job. And so, you know, with my life coaching, like a lot of the women that I coach and support, like they're in that same boat, right? Mm -hmm. They're feeling stuck. They're like, who even am I? I feel frumpy. I'm tired. I don't, I don't know what I want out of life. And so, you know, for some people, you know, for me, it was the book for Mm -hmm. others, it's going to be something else, whatever kind of makes them tick, but oh my gosh, finding that and helping women find that is like, when you find it, you want to tell everybody, yes. you know, you're just like, I want to help every woman to feel like this. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I, I can relate to that so deeply and it's so, you know, it, it's exciting to hear that because as a fellow coach, you know, you just want what's best for your clients or potential clients yeah. or people who aren't even going to be your client who you just care right. about because you know what it's like to be stuck and to feel that way. And, you know, being a coach is, is, you know, I'm honored that I get the opportunity in life to be a coach because what an amazing job. And, and, you know, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, you know, a, how this book affected your work as a life coach or vice versa, did writing this book kind of push you in that direction? Or were you a coach before you wrote the book? You know, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was not a coach before I wrote the book. And when I wrote the book, my, when I started writing the book, I was still in corporate for like six or so months. Like when I was really hardcore writing after I hired my editor, um, you know, still kind of doing the whole day job thing, coming home at night and writing feverishly. Mm -hmm. Um, And while I was working with my editor, he's like, you need a platform. Nobody buys memoirs from a woman that they don't know. So like you kind of need to (laughs) make a platform and like have people know who you are before the book comes out. So I was like, well, what am I going to put on a website? Like, what am I going to say? I'm like, I know I'm doing a couple of speeches here and there and doing some podcasts and things. I'm like, I'm going to say I'm a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And so I put that on my website and not even three weeks later, I won a seat in a program to write your signature talk for motivational speaking. I never win anything. I'm telling (laughs) you, the universe was like, hello. Okay, sister, Mm -hmm. like we're going to line this up for you. This is perfect. Totally. So I went through this speaking program, ended up writing what became the beginning of my master class that I give. That's so. And as I was going through this process, I was like, I don't think I want to just speak because, you know, you speak, you get everybody jazzed up. And then you're like, good luck with that though. Good luck implementing. (laughs) I mean, a hundred percent. No, I can't just leave these women all excited and inspired, but not give them the tools to actually action this. So I was like, I'm going to get certified as a life coach. And then I went through that whole process and I took on some clients and then I just kept, I was like, I love this. This is my purpose. I was like, my purpose is helping other women find their purpose. And it just, it's so fulfilling to watch a woman go from that stuck, that, you know, unfocused and not fulfilling her dreams to Mm -hmm. totally crushing it at life. It's like the best feeling ever. You know, hearing you just the way that you're wording that it, it might sound silly, but I feel like for you, it won't sound silly, but I actually felt like 
right here in my chest, I felt my heart kind of like swell, if you will, yes. because I know that feeling and it's such a good feeling when you can do it for yourself, mm-hmm. but when you can help someone else get through that struggle, I mean, how powerful can something be? And, and, oh, it's oh, incredible. It's the ultimate. It, yeah. I mean, it is. And I, I really like your story of kind of like what you thought your direction was going to be. And then, oh, you were like, you know what? this is leading me somewhere else. Yeah. And that is, I keep using the word special. I use that word a lot, but it is, that's something really special yeah. and unique. You know what I mean? To be able to find that in yourself. And you, you even said it, you said that it was like, I can't remember the word I meant to write it down, of course. And I forgot to write it down as you were talking. <laughs> so I was so intrigued with what you were saying, but the way that you were just like talking about kind of finding your way and, and mm-hmm. how powerful that is. That just is really, really cool. And I don't know, I find that very, very exciting and yeah. intriguing. And I think it's really neat that, you know, this memoir that you wrote was kind of pardon the terminology, like the kick in the pants to yeah. find the right path, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, it took some time, I will say for me to step into it fully. Yeah. I mean, there were even some moments after my editor and I had finished the whole draft and I thought, I, I don't know if I can tell people this. Maybe I shouldn't really publish this. Maybe this is just my gift to myself. Hey, I wrote a book and I'm just going to take it to the grave. <laughs> and after sharing it with a couple of people, they were like, this is really good. And I was like, oh, okay. Like maybe I really should just go for it. But I thought, how are people going to receive me as a coach when this book is talking about like sex and all these different things, but I'm kind of like career coaching and life coaching Mm -hmm. people. So it's been, it was really hard for me in the beginning to kind of marry the two. Um, But I'm really owning it now and accepting that, you know, the people who are going to want to be coached by me, it's not going to bother them what this book is about, right? They're going to actually prefer to coach with me because of the honesty and the rawness of the book. And that's exactly what I was just thinking. And that that's what makes it that much more powerful, right? Because you are putting yourself out there and talking about, you know, like we were talking about before something so intimate, but just because it's something so intimate doesn't mean that it has to be something that you can't share and talk about because it's something Mm -hmm. we can all relate to, you know, as women, you know, before, before we hopped on here, we were talking for a couple minutes about how as women, you know, we're, we're kind of shushed when it comes to our vaginas, right. And, and our periods and they you all know, sex is hush, hush and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, of course there are things that we want to keep private. We don't want to share with everybody, but right. why can't we talk about it? If we want to, right. why do we have to be shushed? Why can't we talk about our bodies? Why do we have to feel shame around a part of our anatomy that I, I can't, I, I just, Oh, I get worked up about it. I know it's so infuriating. And you've done this amazing job, this something that is seemingly impossible of taking this taboo, if you will, topic, which, hello, why is it taboo? Is my elbow taboo? You know, breasts aren't taboo, except they are. And that's a whole other weird thing that I don't understand. So why does this part of our bodies have to be something we can't be proud of? 
Right. Right. It's like the million dollar question. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we can be, and I think some women are, I think we're starting to see our culture shift, like more and more women are becoming comfortable with it, Mm -hmm. but you know, we gotta, we gotta a long way to go to get there all the way. Don't we such a long way to go, which breaks my heart, but also, you know, I don't know if you can relate to this, but also there's a part of me that's like, wow, I get to see this happen in my life. Yes. I get to be a part of this story of women, you know, there's so much, you know, that we read about in history, women's rights and, you know, the right to vote and the right to this and, and the right to, you know, be their own person and not just be, you know, their husband's wife and all right. Have your own bank account. Right. Exactly. I was just, you know, I was just reading something about that the other day. So it's funny that you said that. And here it's like the next phase of that, that I feel like we're, you know, lucky enough to be alive and, and witness and be a part of, you know, like you're a huge part of this revolution, if you will. Yeah. And that's incredible. And that's exciting. And here I'm getting so worked up here because it's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I want to, I, I want to talk for a second about, you know, the fact that you <laughs> just, I laughed, but that you named her the, yes. that she has her own persona. She's not just part of Karen, right? You know, she's part of Karen, but she's herself too. And I I know you were saying that that's really one of your favorite parts about this process was that decision. Um, But I, you know, I kind of want to harp on that for a minute. Sure. Tell me a little bit about what for you was kind of the moment where you were like, yes, V is real. She is someone and she is her own person. What was that like for you to sort of have that I don't want to say epiphany, but to have that feeling of I'm cre I, I get to create something that that already is. Do you know what I mean? Right. I do. Yeah, way? definitely. So it, it came about during a brainstorming session actually with my editor. And so mm-hmm. my editor, believe it or not, was male. And that was something that was a little unnerving to me at first. I was like, I don't know, should I sign with somebody who's a guy? Like, is he gonna mm-hmm. get it? But honestly, we gelled so well and he totally gets humor and he was really able to help me come up with some of these creative ways to, yeah, I mean, it it was such a great synergy, but um, we were talking about it and I was like, wow, okay. I'm like, when are we going to introduce her? Because I had already written the first draft. So Mm -hmm. I had to go back and then insert her in all these chapters and create and fill out that story um, for almost every single chapter. There was like a few that weren't written yet towards the end, but most of it was already crafted. So we chose to introduce her in part two, which is when I am just going into my um, freshman year of high school. And it's like, hello V is the the title (laughs) of that part. And there's, right? And all of a sudden, like, she appears while I'm in my bedroom one day reading like a magazine and I hear this like voice, like it's coming through a tunnel and I'm like, hello, like who's here? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So there's like this really funny dialogue, um, going back and forth with me and her and she's kind of like rearing and ready to go. Like her hormones are pumping. She's like mm-hmm. really excited. Like she's hitting on the guys, like the altar boys at church. And she's just like, <laughs> like have vagina will hump anything. (laughs) And it's so funny to like, see this personality come out of her, but that's really, that was how I was feeling at that time. Mm -hmm. Right. I really was like, if you have cologne on and you have a pulse, like I want to make out with you. (laughs) 
Right. I am in love with you. Let's let's go. Come on. Right. Meet me back here. Exactly. <laughs> I might even want to have your babies. I'm not sure. Right. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Seriously. So um it was really, it was really interesting to have to go back and really think about like what would she have said? What would she have been thinking? What was going through those the that hormonal mind of hers? And then just find ways to insert that into all the dialogue. So so many funny like one-liners and zingers that she sends to me like at different points throughout the book and that it's just like oh she would say that you know totally and you know to me that's something super cool because I remember those days you know because those those weird pre well I guess not preteen at that point you know it's like 14 15 ish yeah it's you know this totally bizarre transition you know on the one hand, we focus so much on a, as a society on how our bodies change, but we don't talk about, well, the ins and outs of it. No. I mean, we don't. You know, I had no idea what was going on down there. I was like, what? right. What? why am I feeling something kind of weird when I look at that guy? Yeah. What? Okay, this is strange. Why am I sweating all of a sudden? Like, right. All of these things. And I think that's really, oh, I, I, I don't know how to word my thought here, but I think that's incredible that you took it to that point because we can all relate to it yeah we all know I mean it happens for all of us at different times of course because right we're all different but we know you know those years the hormones are so bizarre and we don't get used to it for a long time and again a lot of that's because no one talks about it no one tells us or educates us hey you have a vagina you know that now here's the next thing you need to know and then you have to figure it all out on your own which is, you know, part of life and that's fine. But I just think it's really wonderful that you, you know, that, that you uh, introduced her in that way at that time yeah. rather yeah. than, okay, here I am, you know, 28 or something like that and introducing her. Right. Because that's right. not how it happened. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Yeah. And it, it was so perfect for that like transition because there's such a clear difference for me up through eighth grade with how comfortable I am with my body and mm-hmm. which is not comfortable at all. Um, exactly. And I have like not a sexual bone in my body. And then all of a sudden it was like a light switch. It just went off one day and totally. I was like, woo, okay, I'm fired up and ready to go. Hello. <laughs> So I'm hoping that the book will also open up conversations between moms and daughters and, you know, women and their healthcare providers and just get conversations going because I'm, at least in my household, you know, the message was you don't have sex till you're married. And I don't really have a problem with that message. I'm kind of telling my kids the same thing (laughs) because I know they're going to damn well do whatever they please, just Mm -hmm. like I did. But my problem is we can't stop the sex education and the conversation at you can't, you got to wait till you're married because then you run into problems like me in college where I get a urinary tract infection from a body butter incident. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? What something's wrong with me? But I'm too scared to tell anyone because it's uncomfortable. And I think everybody's going to think I'm dirty or I got an STD or whatever. Exactly. But this is the thing. If people can read the story and go, oh my gosh, that happened to me. Or, oh, now if that does happen to me, I'm going to know, oh, that's a UTI. And I just need to go get a, an antibiotic and I'll be exactly. fine in a couple days. It's you know, that whatever. simple. Right. Yes. I, I think, you know, can you just keep saying all these things? And I'm like, yes, yes. It's like, I want to sit here and like cheer for you and hold signs that say, yay, Karen. Thank you. Because you're right. These, these are such important conversations that, 
need to be discussed. You know, mm-hmm. these, these are, you know, it, oh, oh, I get worked up. Don't mind me. I can't like formulate my thought because I'm so like, yes, it needs to be discussed. Sex education yes. is such a complicated thing that shouldn't be complicated. Right. It's really, ultimately, it's really simple. You just have to not be afraid to talk about it. And then yes. the complex stuff becomes easier. You know, I was lucky. I grew up in a household where it was talked about, you know, my mom did not shy away from telling me, this is your body. This is where you came from. This is how you were born. This is what vaginas do. This is what penises do. I understood that all when I was like five, because my mom was like, she needs, you know, she and my brother and sister, we needed to understand these things so that we didn't get into trouble as easily. And when I say in trouble, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not saying like, oh, we're getting into trouble. I mean, like, <laughs> no, I know what you, mean. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like being yeah. safe and doing smart things. And yes. even though, like you said, we're going to do whatever we want, at least we can be safe about it. Yeah. And that to me is the key. That's a whole different conversation that I could get into for, you know, <laughs> 10 days, but I right. won't do that to you. Um, when we were talking before, you did mention a postpartum story oh, and yes. I really want to hear about it because the look on your face when you mentioned it, I was like, <laughs> okay, clearly we need to talk about this. So tell me a little bit about this story here. Okay. And this story is not in the book, so I can share in full detail, but awesome. we, I know you do a lot of work with women who are going through infertility battles and, you know, just talking about hormones and everything. Mm-hmm. And so after my first son was born, I was in denial about my postpartum. Um, Mm. I was definitely feeling the depressed and anxious. And I felt like my body was disgusting. I felt like my husband wasn't attracted to me anymore, which he never said, you know, but I Mm -hmm. just, I just felt like, oh, we went to the park one time and there was like this busty brunette in a sundress. And I'm like, you know, who goes to a park in a sundress? And I'm like, you're just taunting my (laughs) husband. And here I am all frumpy, sweating, feeding a baby with a bottle. And I was just like, it was the worst. My hormones were out of control. Yeah. So I remember this one day. Oh, they're such a bitch. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Evil. You know, you said it. I mean, you said it right. And I'm sitting watching TV. Do you remember the show? Did you ever watch this? Well, your kids are a little bit younger, but there was this show called Bubble Guppies on on Nickelodeon. it. It was very popular and they are like animated. So let me just be clear. They are animated mer people, merman and mermaids. And there's like a bubble puppy who's like a bubble, who's like a puppy mermaid. And they go to school and they do all these things. And there was this one mermaid who was like, you know, in her little seashell top and she's got this like flowing purple hair. And I swear to God, I was like, my husband's attracted to this mermaid. (laughs) Oh my God. I can relate to that. (laughs) I swear to God. That's exactly what it's like. (laughs) And I knew it was crazy. But I truly believed it. And in a second he would come in the room, I would turn off the show. <laughs> my son would be like, can't see her. I'm like, no, what happened, mom. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. And I remember telling one of my cousins who didn't have babies or anything, she'd never been pregnant before. And she's like, Yeah, you don't, you should never tell anyone that again. <laughs> tell everyone that, in my opinion. Well, that's kind of what my philosophy now. I was like, Oh, oh if God. I thought it, I bet someone else has had a crazy hormonal moment like that. Listen, let me tell you a quick story because yes, please. two very quick ones. When, it, the first one relates to infertility. So I was going through my first cycle of IVF 
my only cycle. I say first because we were supposed to have a second, but my first failed and other things happened. But we were going through and I was on a medication called Lupron, which if I remember correctly, suppresses ovulation. I don't really remember, but um, it really messes with your hormones. Okay. And I remember a friend of mine saying, oh, Lupron. Okay, be prepared. And I was like, it's gonna be fine. My husband and I went to a burger place and I'm very weird about cheese. I love cheese, but I'm very particular. <laughs> if I'm going to get a cheeseburger, it has to be cheddar. And right. everybody else thinks it should be American. That's a- Oh, I'm with you. I'm team cheddar. I'm team cheddar. That's okay. right. Thank you. You you're made welcome. my day. A lot of people think I'm weird. I think no. they're weird. I don't think you're weird. Now we can be friends. Awesome. <laughs> so we get in line and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, okay, so I would like this blah, 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 with cheeseburger with this, 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 this. And I was like, um, and I'd like that with cheddar. And he kind of looked at me funny and he was like, we only have American. And I was like, that's not true. Last time I was here, you had cheddar. And he was like, no, we only have American. And my husband's looking at me and he's like, they've never had cheddar. And I was like, well, they did. Cause last time I was here, I had it. I got like this major attitude. And right. he was like, okay. And I was like, I want cheddar. And he's like, well, we don't, we, have, we don't have it. I mean, we have American. And I was like, I don't want American. And I got like upset and I was so mean to this guy. And I'm not a mean person. I'm nice to everybody. I'm like right. ridiculously friendly. People think I'm flirting with them all the time because I'm so friendly. <laughs> we get to our table and I just started crying because I oh. wanted cheddar and I couldn't have my cheddar. And it was so stupid. Right. But it was so like, oh my God, hormones. Yeah. The other thing was driving in the car when I was pregnant, early pregnancy, and I was driving and Phil Collins came on the radio. I don't know, remember what song it was, but I had to pull over because I couldn't stop crying just because the song was so beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> I know, but and don't you feel like it's so frustrating because you want to get control of your emotions and you don't want to feel this way, but there's literally nothing you can do. You can't like, do anything. You You're like, all right, well, it. this sucks and I'm yep. just going to be upset. Yeah. And so hearing your story, it, it makes me laugh because I think we can all relate to that when it comes to hormonal crap. Yep. Because hormones are bonkers. And, you know, when you're talking about sex hormones and, and all these things related to reproduction and postpartum and everything, it's like, man, our bodies are crazy and yeah. they do these weird things. And then we feel even crazier. And that is another thing that I feel like should be talked about just as much as vaginas should be talked about. Yeah. But again, absolutely. I digress. <laughs> I digress. Um, since actually I have, I have one question and then I have some, you know, fun questions I want to ask you. Sure. Something I really wanted to ask you about your life coaching. So you are a life and reinvention coach, and yes. I am so intrigued by reinvention, I would really love to hear a little bit about what that means. Sure. So it's basically reinventing yourself, right? And that when you hit that wall, right, where you're just like, this isn't the life that I was meant to live. You know, you know it, you feel it. You're like, there's more, there's something else I'm missing out on. And when you figure out what that thing is, like fully stepping into it, betting on yourself, believing in yourself and running head first into that and just completely changing everything about your life. Like that is the reinvention. It's like a rebirth almost. Right. Yes. So and there's so many things in my life that, you know, didn't change, right. I'm still married. I still have kids. Like there are things that are constant, but the way I even 
handle those things, the way I interact with my family is different and has changed since Mm. I went through my reinvention. And so I I always tell women, like, you, you don't necessarily get a life coach just because your life is bad, right? Because because a lot of people will come to me like, but my life really isn't that bad. I'm like, yeah, but is it great? Do you love it? Is it the best it could possibly be? No. Okay. Well then you could still benefit from a coach, right? Totally. Why does Serena Williams have a coach? I mean, she's like the best tennis player in the world. Um, but she always wants to up her game, right? She always wants to push herself. She always wants to be the best that she can personally be. It's the same thing with your life. So, you know, I've seen women who decide to stay in corporate because I thought originally when I started coaching, oh, everybody's going to do what I did. They're going to leave corporate. But actually, 80% of the women that I coach stay in corporate, but I help them just completely reinvent what their day-to-day life looks like and how they manage their calendars and how they put up boundaries and how they come up with their mission in life and their priorities. And then everything else can fall in around that. And it's like, they go through this reinvention, even though maybe their job stays the same. Mm -hmm. I I think that that's just so exciting to me because that is something I think people take for granted that, man, you can live the life of your dreams. It doesn't mean that you have to change every single thing. You don't have to necessarily change your career, although you might need to, it just depends. And being able to help people go through that transition and figure it out. I mean, how incredible is that feeling? Right. Oh, that's just, I just had to ask you that because I love, love that. And, you know, coaching again, as a fellow coach, coaching is such an incredible profession, if you will. Um, I mean, it is profession, but I, I feel like there's a better word out there, but hearing, you know, that's just such a unique approach. And I think it's yeah. lovely. So I wanted to ask you about that now. I appreciate it. I have some fun questions for you. Okay. These are my super fun. I like to ask all my guests these questions because I just think they're such a fun way to get to know you. So yeah, um, I'm going to give you the first one. And the first one is who are three people who have had the most influence on you in your life? Oh, this is actually a really hard question for me to answer because there are people who have had such a big impact on my life, but maybe I didn't spend like a ton of time with them. You know, they just asked me the right question at the right time. And then there's other people who I spend so much time with who've probably influenced me more than I even realize. Mm -hmm. And then I would be like, remiss not mentioning them, but because I just have to answer the question. I am going to say, (laughs) um, as of late, my husband's actually had a lot of influence on me. And since Mm. this book was kind of born out of his idea also, um, he's had actually quite a bit of influence on me, but in the recent months in years, probably last two years, he started doing Kung Fu. And so he's gotten very into mindfulness and Mm -hmm. Zen and just simplifying our life. You know, we cut cable in 2019. We don't have TV and we have just really taken, um, more of like a Zen approach to our life. And so that for me has been so stress reducing also, and just calming. And I've, I've really kind of enjoyed, um, being in this phase of our relationship where I think he's influencing me now more than I'm influencing him. Mm. At least it seems that okay. way. Yeah. Yeah. He might feel differently. Cause I, I do know that sometimes I accidentally coach him when he's not asking me for coaching. So. I mean, <laughs> who knows? We all? <laughs> right? um, and then I would say number two, uh, there was a woman that I worked with back at my telecommunications career, and she was just a phenomenal example of 
you know, female leadership. I mean, Mm -hmm. and I hate to use the word female leadership, but the reason I'm kind of saying it is because she did something that other women weren't doing, which is bringing up the next bench, right? Bringing up the next group of women. And I will never forget how she always looked for opportunities to call me out in a meeting, to invite me to a meeting when I wasn't on the list, you know, to bring me along to events so I could network and meet people. Um, You know, one of the big reasons that I got the chief of staff job that I had in 2016 was because of her and her advocation of me. So yeah, I just, I love seeing that. And I hope that I'm doing justice and paying it forward as much as possible. Totally. At least sounds like to me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then number three, I, would say my dad um because which is weird because I know I said like two guys but um why is that weird I I don't know not weird to me I don't okay okay it's because Um, you know when you think of the people who influence your life I to me it's just it's interesting when you really think about it because it's not always who you expect mm -hmm. that's true regardless of gender or or identity or anything so I don't think it's weird at all I think yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He's the one I call when I like am buying a car or like, I need like, you know, practical life advice or corporate advice and, you know, growing up and seeing his work ethic. I think a lot of that influenced me. Um, not always for the good because, you know, he (laughs) went back to school at one point, which was great. It was a great example of him showing like, you're never too old to go back to school or to learn. Um, which is, is something that obviously I've taken, but I also think I translated him working really late nights at when he was going through school is like, that's how you're supposed to be successful. And that's how you get ahead at work. And so then I adopted this kind of like workaholic mentality, um, not solely because of him, because I'm a Virgo and I'm a type A and I'm all kinds of, I got all kinds (laughs) of issues going on that totally just pile it on. But I think subconsciously there was something at play there. So I would say those are probably the three people. Those are cool. I like that. You know, I always like asking that question because I think, you know, similar to my next question, it really makes you think about your life. And that's just something I like making people do. Sometimes people get annoyed at me for asking them these questions and I get it, (laughs) but I enjoy it. I like making people think. The next question is a little more outside the box, but I think it's a really fun one. So it's similar, a little bit different. If you were going to have, you know, a, I like to use the example of dinner party. Not everybody likes dinner parties. So it doesn't have to be a dinner party. You can, you know, just hang out or go for drinks or snacks, or you don't have to have any food or drink, whatever, but it's some activity that you enjoy. And if you could do this with three people, these three people can be dead or alive. They can be related to you. They don't have to be, they can be fictional. They can be real. They don't have to be people. They can be cartoons. They can, I always, bubble gum piece. No, they can be bubble gum. Hey, bring them to your party. If you want fine by me. No, my I'm husband like, might think that. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You might have to, you know, put a little security camera in there, make sure your husband's looking in the right direction. Let's be honest. <laughs> I love it. But who would these three sure. will say beings, who would they be and why? Okay. Oh, all right. So I would say One of the people that I would love to have there is actually my grandma, um, my grandma Freeland. So she passed away when I was in college and I just think so much has happened in my life and changed. I would love for her to meet my boys and like, just see, you know, know Danny, my husband more. And just like that for me would be so 
fulfilling. So I would, I would love to just have her there for dinner. Um, the second person I'm torn, I'm, (laughs) I'm torn between Martha Graham, who is a dancer. Mm -hmm. And so I was a dance major in college and I always really gravitated to her work. Um, so I think it would just be really cool to meet her and, and learn more about her life and her inspiration. Um, or like Hermione Granger, because I loved the Harry Potter. Yeah. But I didn't have a really mm-hmm. strong why for her, just other than I think it'd be cool to just hang That's out with her, maybe go shopping. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Um, and then and I'm not f- a huge Harry Potter fan. So. No, oh, God, <laughs> I got she's so awesome. addicted to that series. I'm not You're kidding not you. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I think I needed an intervention, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then the third one I would say is Anne Boleyn. Mm. So um, she was married to Henry VIII. She was executed. I can't remember. I think it might've been third wife or second, second or third wife. I can't remember. But um, I was obsessed after my first son was born with the Tudors. And mm-hmm. I would watch that show all the time. I mean, I binged hard on it. <laughs> and one day, I, well, I'll, well, the reason I was so obsessed with it is because I've always been fascinated with royalty, this whole mm-hmm. concept of kings and queens and castles. Like, I don't know why I just am obsessed with it. Fascinating. But specifically, Anne and Henry had this, um, I talked about them like I know them, like yeah, Anne and so Henry, friends. my friends. You, know, you guys used to hang out, have dinner parties. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had the most passionate love life like they were so enthralled with each other and I just remember this one love scene where like Anne's on top of him and she's like riding him she's up uh, up, you know so you can see her whole body and she just like slaps him and I was like man I want to be so turned on that I slap my partner (laughs) that sounds like an amazing time because I've never really had that urge I mean I've definitely like nibbled a little bit or bit like a chest or something but I've never like actually wanted to slap someone (laughs) and I thought yes this is it this is hot I love it I love it oh my god you know and that right there is why I love asking these questions because you really (laughs) think about these things and you're like wow I didn't even know I felt that way until I saw it and then you're like oh I like her yeah Hmm. that's interesting I think that's super cool and I totally you know I, I respect that and I totally get it because you know just a side note sometimes you know with with um what I'm looking for I want to say movies and tv and just in general mm-hmm. I always think it's incredible really really talented actors who get so into their roles that you feel what they're feeling and you have a yes. reaction like that to something that intense that you yep. feel like I want that I want yeah. to feel that that seems amazing I want I mean pardon my wording here but I want to have right. a good time and slap people <laughs> you know? right I think that is just so so cool and no I think those are really fun answers I mean it's such a fun question for me as a podcast host to ask yeah, because it's just such a unique opportunity for me to hear people's answers. I feel like you get a chance to sort of like get to know yourself a little bit. Plus, you know, our audience who may be listening and be like, I wonder if she slaps anyone in her book. Right. (laughs) Does V get that intense? Hmm, I want to read about V. You know what I mean? So like, it's just really fun those questions are just my, my fun questions. There's one more thing that I wanted to mention. I know you mentioned 
um, that the proceeds from your book go to the Alliance for Period Supplies, which I think is amazing. And I just wanted to ask you yeah. what that means to you to be able to, you know, be able to um, do something that great. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be clear. It's a portion of the proceeds mm-hmm. because I still have to eat. So there are some yes, of the money. Well, I'm I mean, eating, but <laughs> Yes. I love it. You know, I think it goes back to my midlife crisis a little bit and having this, um, this desire to have a bigger purpose and to feel Mm -hmm. like I, I am making a bigger impact on this world. I'm leaving a bit of a legacy, if you will, and, and helping other women uh, succeed and and make an impact in their life. And for these women who cannot afford period products, they literally can't go to work. They can't, you know, go to school. They have to stay home and miss out on their life. So for me, if I can make a little dent in that, or, you know, I would say like, you know, together, if everybody like buys a copy of the book, like we might be able to end period I don't know. Um, that to me is again, it's just like helping. That's such a big piece of my purpose, like helping other women live their best life. And you can't live your best life when you can't leave the house because you have your period. So darn right. It's like the least I could do. I'm really excited to be teaming up with that organization. They do amazing work. There's like 125 chapters, um, in, in America. So if you want to learn more, obviously go to Alliance for Period Supplies, check them out. You can host a drive or do something else to get involved if if this is something you're passionate about. But at the very least, you get a copy of the ins and outs of my vagina and you'll know that you're doing something really good to impact another woman's life. I just love that. Karen, I I, I just love that. I have one last question for you. And this is a really, really simple one. And that is, where can our listeners connect with you? Where can they learn more about you? And where can they get this incredible book? Yeah. So the book is available right now on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. And for those of your listeners in the South Carolina area, some of the Barnes and Nobles and fiction addiction is carrying hard copies and I've gone in and autographed them all. So check it out. Amazing. I love it. Yes. Um, you can, if you're not sure if the book is for you, go to the ins and outs of my vagina.com and you can actually download a snippet and read a little bit first, um, and see if it's for you, but you're going to love it. And then you're going to go buy the book anyway. So you can save yourself, totally. you know, 10 minutes if you want and just go get the book, but, um, check that out. Or my, if you want to learn more about the coaching and just more about my background in general, you can go to karenfreeland.com and it's Karen with an I. Um, I'm on Instagram at Karen Freeland, Facebook at Karen Freeland Life Coaching. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and of course, um, Twitter at Karen Freeland. So check it out. Yes, please check her out. This is awesome. Karen, I just want to take a moment and thank you so, so much for being here with me and talking about all of this incredible work that you do and this incredible book that I think could be life-changing for so many women and to, just to help them realize that vaginas are not anything to feel shame. Be proud of it. Yes. Get to know V. You know, I just, uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, it was such a pleasure talking with you today. Well, thank you. I had so much fun and I really appreciate the opportunity to share it with your audience. <laughs>